Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm Stacey West and today I'm joined with Darius McDermott for a little edition of Would You Rather Investment Style. So Darius, let's start off with hopefully an easy one. Would you rather have higher inflation and interest rates at 4% or 0.5% interest rates forever? Hi, Stacey. Um, So inflation and interest rates are linked to the well-being of a country's economy. And if you get inflation, which tends to lead to interest rate rises, it generally means the economy is doing well, and that is used as a tool by central banks to potentially slow economies. Now, we've had this over a decade of low or stroke no interest rates because we've had one financial crisis and then a, a, a health crisis. And these are tools that central banks have used to stimulate the economy. So higher interest rates would suggest the country is doing well, and maybe we're all a little bit better off. And I think it would be nice for savers with lower risk tolerances to be able to earn something on cash again. So it's a tipping point answer for me on this one. But maybe it's not the two questions you've posed to me, but maybe something slightly in the middle, which is interest rates at, say, two, and inflation maybe at two and a half, I think would be a happy balance, which would show a a balanced economy. Very diplomatic answer to uh, splitting the difference. Um, And China or Brazil, where would you invest? Well... The common denominator on both these countries is the leadership and the politics. Uh, China, as we know, is a one-party communist party, and they tend to do what it is they want to do. Brazil currently has a leader who is showing some uh, odd leadership tendencies, particularly around the areas of COVID. Uh, There's been a lot of discussion about China recently having said that their education or their sort of education system is non-for-profit. Well, this shouldn't have really come as a surprise because this was something that the Communist Party had said. But what it does show is that if you are a minority investor in China, that you may wake up to the occasional shock. Um, That said, China is the second biggest economy in the world, home to a huge amount of consumer Uh, both from a tech perspective and general consumable goods. So I think for the long term, China would be my answer today. Brazil does have attractions on valuation basis, given we have some inflation and it is a commodity exporter. Moving on slightly to two other other regions, um, would you invest in the UK or in the US? So this is a tricky one, um, because probably if you'd have asked me this question for the last two or three years, I would have said the UK and I would have been wrong. Um, The UK stock market today is still below where it was pre-COVID, whereas the US stock market is miles ahead of where it was pre-COVID. But on the basis of that simple valuation argument, I'm going to stick with the UK again. Um, I think our vaccine rollout has been as good as the US is. I think Brexit is behind us. I do think there will still be Brexit bottlenecks, but I still think the majority of the bad politics is behind us. And on a valuation basis, the UK is more compelling. So 
if you said one pound a day, which market would you put it in? On a five-year basis, I would put it in the UK. But as you know, we always look for balance and diversification. So it would never be one or the other, but probably some of each, but definitely favoring the UK today. A little bit of UK and China of the the four that I've given you to choose from. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> then would you rather the best performing assets or to invest specifically ethically? Clearly the answer again is a bit more fence sitting because we would like to have the best of both. Um, if you're giving me a choice of investing ethically or investing in the best performing assets, I'm going to go for the best performing assets because there is a huge amount of choice for ethical investors and people who have a greater focus on that now to go and pick their own funds. Uh, within the funds that we manage, we do have several ethical investments and renewable energy investments, but it's not the mandate of the funds that, that we particularly help advise on. So in that instance, it would be best performing, but where we can, we would like both. I mean, should you say as well that choosing an ethical investment isn't necessarily uh, giving up on returns or profit? Yeah, I mean, going back not the last decade, but the previous decade, there were just several characteristics. If you wanted to invest ethically and oil and tobaccos outperformed, you underperformed. It was almost binary, um, particularly in the UK, for instance, if mid and smaller companies performed well, those who picked ethical investments tend to outperform. So there were sort of a couple of binary plays in the marketplace. I don't think that is so today. I think um, ESG is now absolutely integrated into the vast majority of investments. And there is a strong range on fund caliber of elite rated funds where they are what I would call fully inclusive ESG product. Um, and again, they all come in slightly different flavors. So please read the objectives and see if they match your own personal objectives. Excellent. Um, back to our, our game then. Uh, would you rather a big house or a comfortable retirement? Well, property in the UK has been on a what near 30-year bull market. And lots of people have their major asset in their property, whether it's a big house um, or, or even a medium-sized house, it's probably most people's major asset because there has been that spike in that asset class. So probably what you what, what we end up seeing is that the house can help fund your retirement. Now, whether that means you downsize your house and use that money to live off of income, or if you have a big house that you rent out rooms or, 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 or do Airbnb or whatever it might be, the key thing here is for the most majority of UK residents, their house is their major asset and not their pension. So there will have to be some give on the housing asset to support people. Um, property investing is well loved by UK investors. Lots of people continue to have buy to let as a retirement strategy. And whilst that is decreasing because the tax benefits are not so generous anymore, Property investing is, is a big part of UK psyche uh, and using some of those assets to fund retirement is, is inevitable. And we've kind of already touched on diversification a bit uh, earlier, but would you rather bonds or absolute return funds to give that diversification in your portfolio? 
Well, broadly, we like both on a basic asset level for characteristics. As we sit here um, in the current marketplace with rates on bonds or yields on bonds so low and inflation expectations pushing interest rates up, bonds don't, as a general asset class, look super um, attractive. Even high yield bonds are, you know, at re- record low spreads versus the, the, their own actual government bond. I think on a fund by fund basis, we can still find some good fund managers in bonds, and, and we do in the funds that we advise on hold some bonds, uh, and we hold some absolute return. And yeah, you know, as an asset class, absolute return has been broadly disappointing. Um, but you have to remind yourself why you have absolute return. And it is for those diversification. I always like to think of that almost like the, the, the back four in our team. It is, you know, when you need them, they're there. But in bull markets, absolute returns, funds always underperform. But thinking back to the stock market reaction in the COVID times, where stock markets fell 30% in about four or five weeks, the absolute return funds that, 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 that we own or are elite rated in aggregate, fell around three or four percent. So they did give you that ballast when you need them, and that's why we hold them is for diversification. So we do hold both, probably fractionally favouring absolute return today, as I still think we can get a two or three, four, five percent return from them. Whereas maybe bond markets may be flat, but who knows? You've been a longtime supporter of smaller companies. Um, where we are today, August twenty twenty one. Uh, would you rather still have that smaller companies or um, larger kind of tech in the portfolio? Yeah, really good question. And I think the question points us to the US where we have that big tech. So our long held favor to small and mid-sized companies over large companies has been right in most regions apart from America, where the larger companies have been the dominating factor. I think, again, on valuations in the States, I'd rather buy a small cap. You know, in a recovering economy post-pandemic, you know, the US is booming. And, you know, you tend to see outperformance in smaller companies. That said, those huge tech companies in the US continue to deliver on their results, huge amounts of cash generated, and then continue to grow into those higher valuations. In other regions, we always prefer smaller companies, um, particularly in our home market of the UK and Europe. Uh, there is long-standing outperformance of smaller companies. So I think it is a region-by-region region question, but we love small companies and we always do. And over any longer time period, we tend to have been rewarded by smaller companies uh, outside of that in the US. And perhaps a, a more niche question. Would you rather put some money into Bitcoin or fine wine as an investment? Personally, I'd rather drink fine wine. Um, and I don't understand Bitcoin enough. I'm not going to lie. I don't understand the dynamics. We are investors and help people to invest. And I like to think you know, we can understand what makes things go up and what makes things go down. You always knowing these things in advance is clearly um, an extra level of skill set. But, you know, we understand what, you know, supply and demand um, tends to drive share prices or commodity prices. I'm not sure I understand what drive 
Bitcoin up. Um, the only thing I tend to notice is the negative headlines when Chinese central bank or something said they won't recognize Bitcoin or other central banks. So for me, the whole cryptocurrency thing is, is interesting. Um, I've chosen not to, to play into that at all. Fine wine, again, is a, is a skill set like active, man, active management. I think to invest successfully in fine wine, you need enough money to build a decent portfolio rather than buying the odd crate of wine that you think looks attractive. Um, so fine wine does tend to be for real high net worth investors who've got an ability to, to, to have a portfolio of fine wine and then um, incur the storage fees that you have to with fine wine. So it would be fine wine for me over Bitcoin, but it's probably because I don't understand Bitcoin. And I prefer fine wine on every level. Who doesn't prefer fine wine? The trouble is keeping it, it somewhere else. <laughs> keeping it somewhere else. Indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> fine wine does have storage costs. It's one of yeah. those things that if you store it somewhere, you, you have to pay for that. So you have to deduct that from any future returns you might make. Okay, well, we have time for one more. So we're going to end with a little bit of a fun one or very stressful, depending uh, who you are as a listener. But would you rather have Arsenal win the league or see Chelsea relegated? Well, I like a hypothetical question as much as the next man. Uh, And as you say, we are recording this video mid-August and the new Premier League season has just started. So there's hypotheticals and there's just downright impossibles. And Arsenal winning the league is impossible and Chelsea being relegated is impossible. Um, and, and, and look, my, my, my footballing supporting allegiance is well known and we, we, we do try to not upset our, our, our clients and, and listeners and readers who support other football teams. But um, Chelsea won't be relegated and Arsenal won't win the league. So uh, I would rather see neither of your questions because they are both impossible. There you go. Impossible. That is one way to start the Premier League season with fans back. Lots of optimism, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It was great to be back at Sanford Bridge on Saturday with a full crowd, uh, a good atmosphere and uh, thankfully a positive result for those of us who support the Mighty Blues. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for taking part in our little game. And if you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed, or to research some funds rated by Fun Calibre, please visit funcalibre.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast via all your usual channels. 